this Walt Williams card, man. It's really great. Look at that face. I mean, this is it. Authentic. 22, 222 out of 500 signature card. Oh, this is so good. It's a great card. I bet there's a cheaper option. I bet there's a cheaper one. Yeah. I mean, this is make an offer, so it could be infinitely cheap. Look at that Twizzler ad in the background, too. Everything is just... Right. This is legitimately the greatest. I found it for nine cents cheaper. So... Fourteen ninety two. Ooh, and it's also in two inches of screw down lucite, <laughs> as it should be, as, as it deserves to be. So this is this is why I did not want to do this tomorrow. Because <laughs> we start scenario. Because we start talking about Walt Williams cards. <laughs> Howdy, everyone, and welcome to our special mailbag episode of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz podcast. I'm Kyle Askin, joined, as always, by Craig Stone. What's good, Craig? Uh, can we keep talking about Walt Williams basketball cards <laughs> <laughs> instead of questions yeah, from listeners? Other than our 45-minute conversation we just had about our ridiculous 1990s websites, which somehow turned into us looking up Walt Williams basketball cards on eBay. Yeah, we're literally 40 minutes into this call already. <laughs> In case there's any doubt about how this has devolved. But we're it's focused be a good episode, now. I can tell. We're focused now and ready to answer emails, I think. It's just incredibly. So, the question is, Craig, should we be pretentious enough to call this mailbag episode number one? You think there's going to be future mailbag episodes? That's the question. I, I think th- we can. I think we can. Mailbag yeah. volume one. Right. Of many. Of many. Yeah. This you, will get so many. Look, you don't want to number this out of 500 like an autographed Walt Williams card. <laughs> Ed <laughs> Wow, jokes that only we will laugh at. That's fine. I will say, just as a, as a shout-out, even though we didn't include this in the mailbag episode, Craig did reach out and tell me today that he got a piece of mail that said someone's mother lived in Clark, New Jersey, so they loved that segment of... Uh, I guess it'd be a few episodes ago now by the time you listen to this, but I said it's awesome. Yeah, somebody emailed saying they know Clark, New Jersey. They were laughing their head off. So I knew somebody would get it. Yep, that I was the it. one person that you said that right. would get so, it, and they loved it. So thank you for confirming that. Yes. Does this person have a name, Craig? I don't have my... <laughs> your your, your do-for-win <laughs> gmail account. Do-for-win gmail up. Uh, well, th- thank they, you, mystery person. Yeah, I uh, appreciate your kind words. Yes. Thank you very much to Mark, who sent the uh, email. Yeah. And, and thank you to the Clark Chamber of Commerce for sponsoring Do For One. Yeah. <laughs> Clark, a good place to visit. <laughs> Clark, when you really need to go for to Target. <laughs> yes. There, there are no targets anywhere else. That's it. That's uh, okay. All right. So... As we stated when we were reached out to ask for questions, we wanted to just have a mailbag episode, uh, A, partially to have content, since I am on break right now, uh, but B, to hopefully answer some questions that you guys had about Atlantic City and to provide some value to you. So 
I think we can just jump right in unless you have anything else you want to say, Craig. No, we got some good questions. Uh, this all started with Nick actually emailing us before we even asked for questions. And so mm-hmm. he's now had to wait like <laughs> two yeah. months for us. By to the time this actually question. airs, I mean, he probably asked it about a month ago and it'll be another while before it airs. So, yeah, it's, it's a while. All right. So Nick's question was, uh, can you devote some time in the next podcast? Which the answer was no. Yeah. The next podcast the at that time was like number 54. Three or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to talk through ways CET can address their awful online reservation page. Um, is this follow-up from Nick? Should I read that as well? Yes. Yeah. Also from Nick. All right. So... So his follow-up was that he's not a high roller, and he's played around with tier credits to try and find a sweet spot. Uh, he doesn't get comps often anymore, but he does get mailers. The mailer codes show available online, but I tried to book. No luck 95% of the time. So he had to call uh, Caesars to book a reservation, and then it worked. Yes. So I have some notes just about Caesars first and then i know you have a bunch of notes about caesars and then we can talk about some other casinos as well so on caesars my experience has been with the online portal which is something that i think we've talked extensively about especially in the earlier episodes of the show um yeah putting codes in it doesn't really do anything for the most part i've found that if you want to book a room you should just put in your tr number and don't bother putting in codes and just look at the rate calendar. And that'll be your best bet most of the time. But as you said, if you do have a code for, let's say, Sunday through Friday comp rooms, um, yeah, it might not even show. Once you put the code in online, you'll probably just have to call and ask, and they'll give it to you. Yeah, so there was a while where it was broken, and it wasn't showing your offers. Uh, When we started the podcast, that was true. Uh, Historically, it always would just include your offers anytime you did the calendar. And you can, if you don't know this, if you're a Total Rewards member and you're looking to book and you don't know this, uh, you can just go to TotalRewards.com, sign in with your account, uh, click Book Now at the top of the page, and then there's two radio buttons, and one of them is Exact Dates and one of them is Flexible Dates. So if you click Flexible Dates and then click Atlantic City in the drop-down menu for location and just select Atlantic City, don't pick a specific hotel, it'll give you a calendar with... Bally's, Caesars, and Harrah's, and it'll show you the next month of room rates, and you can click through to see the future. Uh, so it's a really good way to see all your rates. There was a little while where it wasn't showing your offers, so it wouldn't include your discounts. It, that got fixed, uh, although I can't actually confirm that it's working right at this moment because I definitely have comp offers, and when I go and look, I have no rooms cheaper than like 28 bucks or some weird number, so... I'm a little confused about that. So I don't know. Maybe if I have to book in the next month or two, I might have to call as Nick did because it seems like I have no comps. Like for a while, I was getting comps basically any weeknight in October or November, and now it's like no comps at all. So either they hate me or the offers aren't working. Or both. Also entirely possible that it's both. Yeah. Um, so I think we've talked about CET a little bit, and while – I think Craig and I both agree there are things they could do better, and their website is in various states of broken most of the time. Uh, I still think it's one of the best websites in all of Atlantic City, which is really shows what a sad state of affairs the <laughs> IT infrastructure behind these casinos in Atlantic City are. Do you, you don't disagree with that, right? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's the best, and it's not even close, which is just sad. Like, it's well, not, it's not even great, but so it's still the best. <laughs> I think historically, I, I think Borgata's is yeah, it's fine, quite good. It serves all the purposes it needs to. It has a rate calendar. It I've never had your issue offers. with yeah with Borgata's. It includes your offers. Things are booked in. I'd say that's probably the best. Yeah, yeah. My issue is that my rates are high, but that's not that's fault. not really an IT issue, <laughs> right? Yeah, Caesars has more IT issues, I think, than Borg. But so, yeah, the others. I'll, I'll also say, recently, so the the most up and down website in my experience has been Tropicana, where yeah. I remember. So right now, their website's in good shape. You can log in; it'll show you your offers. You'll be able to book a comp room. You'll be able to select the room, and it's great. Before recently, before a few months ago, last time I, I booked a room there, the website was just horrifically broken. You couldn't do anything online. And this was for multiple years, I feel like. It was like this. Like, I feel like there's a long period of time where just the Tropicana, like, hotel booking did not work. Yeah, it was very hard to convince to convince the website that you had an account, <laughs> I think, was a problem. Um, I'll say that right now I have supposedly based on an email Monday through Thursday comps in either the West tower or the Chelsea tower. And I just spot checked it and I cannot get any date to actually say that I have a room. Like anytime I pick a date, it's like no rooms available, pick another date. So, well, similar, so maybe similar complaint. Issues. Yeah. Um, it could be just that, uh, it could be that my place strong enough that I show up for other reasons there, kind of like the Caesars thing. Right. And uh, it's so in case you're not aware, and I'm, I'll probably butcher this because I'm certainly not a comp expert, but they block off a bunch of rooms every night for players, for people in the players club. And as they start to sell, uh, they'll sort of move up the list, at least as far as I understand it, where like the lowest level players, even if you have an offer for like, generic Monday through Thursday or whatever on specific dates, they'll sort of boot you from the list. Like the, it'll no longer be available for you. It'll show up as sold out, uh, which is actually kind of my complaint with Borgata um, is that there will be a lot of times where Borgata will tell me that it's sold out. And if I'm logged in, it actually like will not let me book a room. If I pick any date, even if I'm not trying to use an offer or anything, it'll just say like, choose another room. We don't have it. But if I'm not logged in, I can actually book a room or I can book a room through hotels.com or whatever. So like that should never happen. Um, so that is a complaint about Borgata. Caesar, I mean, Caesars doesn't seem to have that problem as often. Uh, Trop, when I go in through an offer right now, it'll just tell me there's no rooms available with that offer and it'll force me to go through the standard booking procedure. Mm -hmm. Which honestly is the way it should work if there's really no rooms, but I don't think there's really no rooms right now. No. I mean, Trap does pretty well, but I don't think it does yeah. that well. I would guess if I called, I would get a different answer. Yeah. So then there's um, the sort So of, there's resorts. Yeah, oh. that's like the low-tech option, right? <laughs> right. So resorts, you can see your offer pamphlet online. Like, you can see a PDF version of the mailer. Yes. And so you can get your your rates that way, because the mailer usually says what your rates are. And then you actually have to call a number to make a reservation. And and that, again, you know, if, if it says Sunday through Thursday comp, that doesn't mean you can just figure any Sunday through Thursday you're set and you can call and you'll get a room. It means 
for your play level, you may call on some dates and it'll and they'll say, actually, we don't have anything available for you. Right. Which has happened to me many, many times at resorts. Right. And that's something really important to keep in mind. I think a lot of people get that mailer or that email that says Sunday through Thursday comps and they say, okay, well, I want to go this specific Thursday. So I'm good to go. I don't need to worry about booking until a week ahead of time. So it's fine because I've got this mailer that says any Sunday through Thursday. That is not how it works. Everything's subject to availability and availability doesn't mean that they need to have a room available to someone in the casino. It means specifically to your play level. So don't Mm -hmm. think like it's sort of open until the casino sold out. Generally, if you know there's a date that you want to go call early and book it, especially if it's free cancellation, like Caesars is free cancellation. So book early if you get comped in a room that you would accept, you know, Um, because there's no downside. But also, I think both of us have experienced with resorts, uh, call, and if you get told they don't have any availability, call back. Keep keep calling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, call as it gets closer. Call every day. Yeah. Yeah. And then certainly typically, you know, as it gets down to like the week of, or even the night before things start to open up, things open up, people, people who cancel have, their trips. Yeah. People yeah. who have booked with this in mind that there is no downside end up canceling and rooms open up. So, mm-hmm. uh, keep checking. And, you know, like I say, for things that you want on the internet, uh, to purchase that are in demand, like never underestimate the power of mashing refresh until something appears available. Uh, same is kind of true for room rates. Like keep calling until you get what you want. And I expect with CET, uh, with Caesars, like right now I'm getting, I have an offer for, I think Bally's, um, that says I get a free room, but just nothing's showing up on the calendar. I expect if I called, I would get a different answer if I called and kept calling. Although the one thing I'll say about CET is they seem to be very – whoever you call, like whatever number it redirects you to, they seem to just like punch your information into the web and kind of keep pair it back the same information you can see on the Total Rewards site. But I don't know. Uh, Nick said he had some success with calling and, and pushing it on the offer. So I would definitely yeah. call and say, hey, I have this offer. Like what can you give me? And having flexible dates is is also big, like not being restricted to one specific date. If you can kind of make be flexible, it's true with any travel, you're going to get a better discount if you have some flexibility. So you tried to steer us away from my bottom of the barrel IT solution, which for me in Atlantic City and other people might have a different experience given my experiences so far has to be Golden Nugget where the only mailers and stuff I get say you have to call the casino to get your casino rates and <laughs> yes. that is not a thing I'm going to do. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm fine calling, but yeah, it's definitely like... I'm not going to call to just find out how much I have the, the right to pay to get a room. Yeah, like here's a code, call, mention the code. Which is what <laughs> resorts, is, resorts is pretty much that way. But they tell you what your rates are going to be. Yes, they at least tell you that you're comped. My communications from Golden Nuggets are, if you want to know the casino rate, you have to call. Yeah, that's very weird. I'm and not going to call I got and an email like, telling them, with them being like, hey, your mailer's online. Please sign in and take a look at it. And I tried to do it when I got that email and the website, it crashed. So Awesome. Yeah, I agree. I haven't, I mean, we've never booked a Golden Nugget. I've never yeah, stayed at Golden Nugget. Stayed. So I'm interested to see if anybody has better experience with Golden Nugget booking online. Yeah, it might be. If you're in the system and you play enough to get comp, there might be some way to do it. But I suspect in the best of cases, it's similar to resorts. So, 
Yeah. And I think, I mean, I certainly a lot of the people that sort of we've talked to or have emailed with us use a host at resorts and then it's a totally different process. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think that's the answer to that question and our yeah. thoughts on the various booking systems in Atlantic city. Um, he did have a follow-up question, which you forwarded on to Eric. So if you want to read that. Sure. So he said, do I hurt my ADT, which is my average daily theoretical, basically how much you're expected to lose to the casino uh, based on what you play for how long over the course of a day? Uh, do I hurt my ADT when I swipe in at multiple CET casinos in one gaming day or are they linked at all? Should I just play at Caesars when I go down in two weeks? Which you know, probably happened a month ago at this point. <laughs> or can I go back and forth between Bally's and Caesars? Uh, so, you know, ignoring the fact that I can barely speak because of allergies. <laughs> uh, I emailed Eric Rosenthal, who's been on the show a couple times and is our resident expert comp harvester. And his response was, CET maintains both a property-specific ADT as well as a destination-wide ADT. So that would be like Bally, Caesars, Harris all have separate ones as well as like Atlantic City or, you know, Vegas. They sort of understand what your ADT is. In this scenario, property-specific will hurt, meaning like if you casino hop on one trip or on in one day, your property-specific ADT will be hurt, but your destination-specific will not. Uh, So he says, most properties make offers based on your ADT at individual properties. A mailer from Caesars Atlantic City is based on your play at Caesars Atlantic City only. Uh, Caesars uh, National Marketing, which is like Caesars Entertainment entirely, can and will also make offers based on destination play. And they use destination ATT, which is uh, average trip theoretical based on, you know, an entire trip to a destination. Uh, when when looking for room comps or other extras such as free play, in general, they are only looking at property specific ADT. So in that case, like your specific comps. So even though if you're looking at your rate calendar and you see Bally, Caesars, Harrah's, and you think I earned X number of tier credits or rewards credits or whatever, and you think that that's going to help you across all properties in general, if you play a bunch at Harrah's, you're going to get better offers at Harrah's. If you play a bunch at Caesars, you're going to get better offers at Caesars. If you split it up over all three properties, you're going to kind of hurt your offers in general from all three properties. You know, not as probably not as bad as if you split it up between something like Bally's Resorts and Golden Nugget. (laughs) Like obviously the three of them are totally separate, but it seems like in general, if you really want to maximize comps, you should probably stick to one property. You and I definitely are into casino hopping and kind of bounce around. So we said in the past we get more value out of hopping from casino to casino than we do out of like any incremental gains we might get by saying, we'll only play at Caesars for this day or something like that. So And we haven't given up on that, but obviously your mileage may vary. Do you have anything to add to that portion of Eric's response? Uh, not really. I mean, I, I've seen some, I've had some experience with us. I think historically we've both gotten better comps from Harris and Bally's than Caesar. Um, but I think right now, well, Harris, I always tend to get the best comps for, but my Caesar's comps recently have been much better than my Bally's comps, which kind of gets backed up by this because I play at Caesar's a lot more than Bally's. 
But I've also gotten communications from CET kind of national marketing to offer me cheap flights to Reno or Tahoe or whatever. So this all sounds good to me. Yeah. So if you value sort of that kind of stuff, like the, the flights and the trips or like the crew, if there's a, there's an episode just recently about booking cruises on, you can bid on that. If you value that kind of stuff, that's probably mostly going to be national casino marketing through CET. That stuff doesn't matter as much, but if all you want is a room someplace and slot play, focusing your play at your preferred hotel is probably better. Eric also added, my understanding is that they regularly regularly reprioritize the data just to test and measure how effectively they can increase whatever initiative they are currently running. There's rarely a simple answer to what appears to be a simple question re- regarding CET marketing and offers if you want to be complete and accurate. So that's just something to keep in mind. They're always tweaking it. I think, you know, we've talked a lot about this, and especially in regards to CET when it comes to things like founder's card, because obviously the first question everybody asks about founder's card is like, if I get founder's card, am I just going to get, you know, free rooms for life or free rooms for the duration of my founder's card? Uh, that is not a simple answer. And even we've, we've heard conflicting things on that. Like some people have said, Oh, I very quickly got comps in Vegas. Some people said it didn't change my rates at all, but I got all the other perks like, you know, diamond lounge access and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, it's important to keep in mind that any advice you get, or even your own experiences may be different six months from now, from now than they are now. And you'll even see that in, you know, if you play consistently, you may suddenly see your rates go up or down for whatever reason. Like they've just redone how they value people. Uh, And it's very, CET especially is like incredibly data driven. And so any little tweak in their rating may make a difference in the room rates you get or the offers you get. And you may see it change back. It's very weird. So. That's all just stuff to keep in mind. I mean, I personally see my rates go from comped every weekday to no comps, which is what I have now seemingly, and then it'll go back to all comps even without me ever going. So I don't know. It's kind of wild and crazy, but in general, if you're really set on getting like comped rooms, comps from one specific property, focusing on one property is probably in your best interest, but we also don't practice that. Uh, in our own gambling, so no, we definitely don't take that for what it's worth. Yeah, it looks like I have comp basically everywhere during the week right now at Caesars, yeah, and nothing. not on the weekends, but they're my re- weekend rates tend to be like under fifty dollars. So yeah. whatever. Um, just one more piece of follow up. If I had to guess, my best guess is if you do Founders Card, it's probably not really going to change your rates. Um. It's possible that there's some block just for Diamond members that may become available and you may get comped slightly more, but I'm not sure. Uh, I don't think my comps have changed between going from gold to diamond to gold. And I know we've talked about it in the past on the show, but when I was diamond for the two and a half or three years or however long I had diamond, I was probably one of the worst comp diamond players in the system because... I don't play like a diamond player for the most part. I got my diamond through diamond in a day, which we'll talk about shortly. But uh, yeah, I don't, it didn't really change my offers a whole lot. So I, I tend to think that Founders Card probably won't either. 
Yeah, that certainly seems to be the prevailing wisdom. Mm-hmm. But thanks very much, Eric, for, for emailing us with that info. Yep. Very helpful. Thank you, as always, to Eric. So do we want to talk about Diamond since Diamond in a Day since I just brought it up? Yeah, let's jump to that. So uh, Carl in the Facebook group, uh, our fellow University of Maryland graduate, asked to hear a rundown on when I did Diamond in a Day a few years ago. And I actually posted a link to the now defunct Vegas Tripping uh, forums where I talk about it in some detail. But uh, just to rehash it, I I think I've talked about it in the past on the podcast, but for the new listeners, I can talk about it briefly again. So I did Diamond in a Day in early 2014, January or February, I'm pretty sure. And I did it at Caesars at the... These machines are actually still there. In the high limit slot area, there's two two dollar nine six Jacks of Redder machines in the in the high limit area, or it might be three of them. And back when I did this, they were uh, full comp video burger machines, so it was ten to one, uh, ten dollars in, which is one spin on a two dollar machine, give you a tier credit. So diamond in a day is five thousand tier credits in a day. So I had to just put $50,000 through the machine and I did a lot of math, which Craig can attest to, to figure out what that should cost me. And I decided the risk was worth it. And I sat down to do my 5,000 spins of jacks or better, knowing that there were, if things started looking bad, I was going to stop. But if things look approximately like within one standard deviation of normal, I could keep doing the whole thing. Uh, if you look at it just purely, you know, including all possible outcomes. I think I was expected to lose something like $240 to get diamond in a day, but it was closer to like $1,300 if you assume you're not going to hit a Royal Flush in that time, which Royal Flush is obviously kind of a an outlier. It's a very high variance event where you win $8,000, but it doesn't happen especially often. Um, or $4,000. On a $2 machine? Yeah, $8,000. Yeah. So, right, it's a high-variance event, so it's not something that I wanted to count on. And I ended up losing just right around $1,300, which is about what the math expected me to lose. It was a very average gambling session. So um, those machines in Caesars right now are now 20 to 1. So it's $20 in for uh, one tier credit. So just to give you an idea, I think I can play video poker quite quickly. And it still took me north of six hours to do. It was probably six and a half hours or something like that. So if you double the amount of coin in that I need to do to get diamond, if I you make it 10,000 spins instead of 5,000 spins, it's would have taken me north of 12 hours. And that is just a long time to sit at a video poker machine. Um, I don't think I would do it now. I'd as long as that machine stays 20 to one, which I will almost certainly guarantee it will. Uh, I, I wouldn't do it that way. Um, just knowing from talking to people like Eric, there are times you can do diamond in a day by waiting until you get like a really, really big, uh, rewards credit multiplier. Like sometimes they have a random rewards credit multiplier. And if you get something like a hundred times reward credits, that makes it worthwhile to even just, get a bunch of tier credits on a slot machine. Um, But short of that, no, I'm not going to get diamond again anytime soon. I don't think. 
Yeah, I mean, any, see, any, any questions for me about that, Craig? Uh, I don't think I have questions, but I'll just mention that it's not just that you had the standard deviations down of what you could expect to lose. You also had the time that you expected to play. Like, you yeah. sort of had a general estimate. I think you were pretty close on both. Like, it was pretty impressive to see. I think you figured it would be right around six hours. It was a little over that. And I think you figured $1,300 or $1,500, and it was in that range. It was, so. it was right around there, yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I'll say, and I think this is still true, is that if you're looking to level up someplace and you don't really care where, uh, Tropicana at the Royal Derby machine is a dollar is a tier credit per dollar that you play. So if you really wanted to like get in and do the math and I'm not the person to do this because I'm math challenged, I expect there's a way to play that machine at a high level where your exposure is pretty low. I mean, I think if like a bunch of long shots win during your play, you're probably going to get screwed, but I expect you can play at a a very high level and just rack up a ton of tier credits. I mean, I play like a dollar a bet when I play and I will sit there in a session for like half an hour, 45 minutes and rack up just a ton of tier credits. Uh, it's also Tropican also does tier credits like five times as fast as Caesars, so the tier credits to level up just it's way more tier credits, so it's not going to be as fast as as I mean it's the tier credits are worth less than they're worth at Caesars, so keep that in mind. Like a thousand tier credits at Trop is not as good as a thousand tier credits at Caesars. It's not as close to leveling up. But, you know, if somebody wanted to figure that out, I'd be very interested to hear it. It's one of those things I've sort of thought about, but then been like, am I really going to sit at Royal Derby for six hours? Probably not. <laughs> well, but, uh, so, I don't, what does that get you? Uh, uh, slot machines at Trapper probably also one-to-one. I would guess. Right. Do you, so you think that's better odds than a slot machine? I guarantee it's almost certainly worse. I think that you can have more of a guarantee that you're going to be within a standard devi- deviation because of okay. the way the horses are. So it's like the equivalent out. of going with a huge bankroll and putting money on the pass and the don't pass. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely more of a you're going to take a guaranteed loss. Whereas I, if, you, if you go play slots, you can hope that you hit the jackpot. I think that's the big difference. Right. I mean, uh, I don't think it's a good idea just because I don't think you're getting a very good deal. I don't think Royal Derby is better than the slot machine. So I don't think you should do it. Yeah. I don't I mean, think it's in any way special. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if you really enjoy Royal, Royal Derby and you have a high tolerance for losing, if it comes to that. <laughs> Sure, but it might be worth it. But that's true for say that about anything, right? Yeah. I'd be interested to see the data, but I, I expect yeah. the hold percentage on Royal Derby is higher than slots. I do agree well, with that. Trop is weird too because they don't exactly have one to one mappings from cards from Trop to Caesar because they have five levels instead of four. Right. So it's not Diamond is it's not equivalent to gold which is their third level but it's it's probably closer to platinum which is a lot of tier credits 100,000 so 
platinum significantly harder to get than uh, diamond is, at least by by coin in. Platinum at Tropicana. Yeah. 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 Uh, platinum at Caesars, yes, is A, yeah. worthless, and B, not especially hard to get. Right. Also, you can but sign, up, platinum sign up for the credit at card. Caesars, is it 4,000 4, tier credits? I think it's five, but it's also you sign yeah. up for the credit card and get it with no annual fee. <laughs> um, but it also gets you next to nothing. It gets you like 10% at the gift shop or something. Uh, so any, any other thoughts on diamond in a day? Obviously you said, yeah, I mean, I, it's unless there's some, some extraordinary reason for me to do it anytime soon. I don't think I will. Like I said, at 20 to one, it's just going to take too long at $2. I don't really want to play higher limit than that. Cause if you go to $5, um, it's a lot of variance and it's a bit too big of a game for me. So I, I think the 10 to one, 10, $10 into one tier credit is the important thing for me there. So as long as it stays 20 to one, I don't think I'm interested in trying to do it. Yeah, it's, it's, I will say if you want to do diamond in a day at 20 to one, it is still probably the best choice that you have. If you're willing to put the time in, well, although it's still going to be significantly more expensive than Founder's card, and I expect if you're just a video poker player, like if your diamond is solely based on video poker, I don't know that you're going to see way better comps having earned it through diamond in a day on video poker than you will through Founder's card. But your mileage may vary. I don't know on that so much, but it seems like the cost will be significantly less. The cost is definitely going to be significantly less than, than playing through it on a 20 to one machine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, it'll be half as much, right? Yeah. 10 to one, 20 to one. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Anyway, those are my, my quick thoughts on, on diamond in a day. It was, it was cool when I did it and it was nice to have diamond for a couple of years and, I'm glad I did it, but yeah, right now, especially with his, you know, it's not like I'm going to Atlantic City a ton right now in my life, so it's just probably not worth it for me uh, right now, even even, even though I can just pay whatever, $300 a year and get Diamond, it's by Founder's Card, it's still not really worth it, I don't think. Yeah. So, should we move on to the next questions? Yeah. Uh. Michael, who Michael Traeger at Travels Orc, uh, posted on the Facebook group a couple of questions, and I'll sort of read them both, and then we can. I think we actually want to answer the second one first. So he said, "I would be curious what you consider the most bang for the buck in terms of which casino gives the best comps uh, for a low roller table game player in Atlantic City. Best might include drink service comps earned for play." And most important, future comp offers, which in AC weekend room rates would probably be key. I tend to think there are very few discretionary comps at the twenty-five-ish dollar level anymore. But if there are, that would also be very interesting. Like, so discretionary comps, if you don't know, is like a pit boss giving you a comp for a buffet right after you play, or you know, show tickets not out of your rewards credits or comp dollars. Um, he said he would also be interested in to, in what we consider a high roller. Like, what sort of play do we consider a high roller? Um, he 
he said, I have some personal opinions, but I'm always cu- curious what others, others are thinking. I think it's kind of interesting to sort of answer the high roller question first. Like, what do we break down as like a low, mid, high roller? I think we both consider ourselves low rollers. Uh, I am... Um, I think I'm maybe like low medium. Yeah, I would put you in low medium. I am. I'm not. I don't think I'm a low roller. I'm uh, certainly. Fa- I'm farther away from a high roller than a low roller, though. Yeah, and I'm. I'm at the definition of a low roller. Yeah, you're. You're definitely a low roller. <laughs> um. So. So like to define low roller for me, I think basically is somebody who's playing always playing whatever the lowest limits of the casinos are, and like. So that's. Probably an AC fifteen dollar blackjack, ten dollar craps, uh, you know, twenty or twenty five dollar pie gap poker. Uh, somebody who's playing penny slots and not spending more than a dollar a spin, like is forty cents or fifty cents a spin, whatever the minimum on the slot machine is. Um, so generally, I would say you're probably a low roller if you're going to Atlantic City and. A, like playing at the lowest levels at the table games or playing penny slots or playing quarter video poker and you're going in thinking your budget is $300 or less per day of gambling. Like that's mm-hmm. sort of that's sort of where I'm at generally for my own play and I think that that is pretty consistently would be considered a low roller. Yeah, so... Yeah. Yeah, I think you're not the lowest of low rollers. The I mean, when I think of like real low roller, like I think of someone who if they see fifteen dollar blackjack, they're like, oh no, that's way too much. Right? I consider people that only play five or ten, and you play fifteen, right? Yeah, I mean, f- but a lot of times, like fifteen is about fifteen's what you can like get the on a Friday limit. or Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. It would be. I would have to be feeling pretty uh, drunk or whatever. Have you ever played quarter? To play quarter, I, th- I think I. Well, I definitely did in Puerto Rico because it was the only thing available. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I don't know that I've ever played quarter blackjack in Atlantic City. I wouldn't be averse to it. I. I mean, I don't like how fast it is, but uh, yeah, I could see myself doing it for sort of a sort of a short session, especially if I was having a particularly good trip. Mm-hmm. But um, it's funny because I, I think the thing about this question that I like is that I expect there are a lot of people who are, you know, seven stars who come with big bankrolls who would say a quarter blackjack player is a low roller. Yeah, probably. I would say a quarter quarter blackjack player, somebody who's consistently playing. Quarter tw- blackjack player is kind of low roller. Yeah, I would say if you're consistently playing 25, you're like low touching mid. Um. Yeah, you're like low mid. I think, but it depends on you know, are you ever going above that? Like, if you're playing at a twenty five dollars table and every once in a while you putting out more than that, or you're, I don't know. I would certainly not say fifty dollars is a low roller. <laughs> like that's no, getting too much. No, I think fifty dollars sounds like the definition of like a middle roller to me. Yeah, like I mean, that's I, so for me, like that's about I've played lots and lots and lots of quarter blackjack or quarter craps or whatever, and I have no problem doing it. Um quarter craps actually. It's it can go fast in quarter craps, but I'll play a quarter of basically anything and it'll be fine. And I have played fifty dollars of, of stuff. Fifty dollars is probably about my limit 
though, I wouldn't, with my bankroll, be comfortable doing uh, black chip. So I think 50 is probably where, like, I'll play $50 blackjack with people, and that would be fine. I would have no problem with that. Yeah, so to me, 50 is where you're really talking mid-roller. And I would say that once you get to black chip, I would call that a high roller. (laughs) Okay. so, so, so here's the thing. Like to me, just based on what I would play, I would say if you're playing hundred dollar a hand blackjack, or really a hundred dollar, eh, I don't know, hundred dollar pie gal, it's not really the same. Um, certainly hundred dollar craps is high roller. <laughs> it actually is. I mean, blackjack and pie gal have very similar. Yeah, but black, but pie gal so slow. House edges over. Yeah, 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 but the house edges more. Sure. I think the casinos probably can expect to make about the same amount of money from both. Like over based on time over an hour, yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, but I certainly have. I certainly would be much quicker to play twenty five dollar pie gal than blackjack. But maybe that's just because the variance stupidity. is lower. In yeah, lower variance, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have. So I would have said hundred dollars a high roller. I don't know two years ago because it's just it seemed so foreign to me <laughs> to to even consider be playing a black to be even be considered a uh, black chip on every hand. Mm-hmm. I think as I get I mean, older and get more discretionary income, it's less crazy, but I would still consider that like if you're betting a hundred dollars a hand, you probably should be expecting like, you know, seven night a week comps, like better food, beverage offers and all that stuff. Yeah. No, I don't know that. I think that's the higher end of I, medium getting into toward high. Don't, I mean, a hundred dollars is, is mid roller hundred dollars is the level that you can really expect that at most casinos, like you'll probably get room and board if you're playing hundred dollars hand for four hours or six hours or whatever, but that's not a high roller. Yeah. I mean, that's a, like at a nice casino, like that's what they're probably expecting for your, your, let's say above basic rooms and, and whatever food you want. And that's probably the level where like hosts will actually be interested in you and, I don't. I mean, I don't think it's high roller. I don't even think it's especially close. I think that's the funny thing about this question is like the the people who are real high rollers, like really, uh, they would scoff at this. Like they would think. No, no, I, I, I don't <laughs> think so. I mean, so for me, high roller is like hundred dollars is like middle. High roller is. I don't. I don't know if like. $300 a hand is enough, but that's like kind of getting there five. I certainly would like, I would call that a high roller. Like, of course, if you're a whale, you still even laugh at that. But I think that that is significant enough to be like, you know, limit at some, some lower end tables, uh, either three or five. I've seen, I've seen both at, at some lower end properties. Um, that that's where high roller kind of starts for me. Yeah, I mean it's funny because it all depends on where you're at, right? Like I, mm-hmm. as a low roller, like my standard for what I consider a high roller is going to be much lower. So it's funny to think about it from that perspective. Um, but, so yeah, of course, I mean it's always going to be an eye of the holder. Yeah, but for me, a low roller is up to twenty five. Middle is above that to one or 200 and then high rollers above that. 
I, I like that standard. I think that's good. I think, I'll, yeah, I'll I think I think up to 25, low, 50 to 200, middle, and then three and up, alcohol high. So that's the do for a win standard. That's, that is what. Yeah. Seal right. of approval. When you come in and you order, like, the you know, the tall, grande, venti, like that, it is up to 25, up to whatever, 200 and above. There you go. But yet, I mean, I'm I'm sure that we've people on on both ends of the spectrum are probably like, whoa, like uh, I'm a low roller, I would never play quarter blackjack or whatever. So right, I mean, if you I understand that, so so it's and that's an interesting point. Like I listen to you can bet on that, and I hear people call in and they say, you know, they're going and playing in downtown Vegas, or they're going and playing in you know even more like Prim or Laughlin or something, and they're like, oh, I really didn't even want to play five dollar craps but they had they didn't have any one dollar three dollar tapers open and to me it's like five dollar craps like that's not even a thing that exists so i don't even understand how that's possible or people who expect to find five dollar blackjack or even less like Mm -hmm. and and part of that is like everybody thinks not everybody but certainly i think the higher you play you think the people below you are like "Mm, that's not a high roller like nobody can be a high roller until they're betting more than i am (laughs) <laughs> I think that's probably something that's true. Maybe. But we should also answer the other question, which is bang for the buck in Atlantic City as far as, like, if you're a low roller, low roller table game player in Atlantic City, where are you getting the best drink service? Where are you getting the best comps earned for play? And where are you getting the best room offers? Um, Yeah, this is a tough one. I think... Well, I think drink service is kind of cut and dry. Um... I've actually, yeah, I know you're going to say Caesars. Yes. Um, I mean, Caesars, Sarah's Valleys, they all have the machine drink order yeah. very fast at all of them. Caesars. Valleys is pretty horrible, though, so you shouldn't go there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're probably going to uh, get better comps at Valleys if you're playing there consistently, but it's just not worth it. For for a, a true low roller, I'd, I'd say Resorts is probably your best bet. Um, the drink service at resorts has always been good for me. Not as good as Caesars, but it's uh, honestly, it's always been good. It's not like Tropicana where the drink service is non-existent, legitimately just not there. It's fairly consistent. And as far as gaming rules, I think as a low roller, like the gaming rules at resorts are incredibly player friendly, player friendly. They they do have stand on, so off seventeen blackjack, which, yeah, which is you can find quite for like rare in ten Atlantic bucks, City. which is crazy, right? Yeah, um, I think they are reasonably generous with their room offers. Uh, comps earned for play, I think. I I have the impression that most places comp around the same amount. Uh, do you agree? Like, I usually get like ten dollars in comps each property I'm at at Atlantic City any given time. Yeah, I mean, I think. Sure. Yeah, as far as like rewards, credits, whatever, right. I think that it's generally about the same. I think if you're looking for like future free play resorts, I think is more generous than Caesars. I think Caesars is pretty stingy when it comes to things like free play. Borgata is surprisingly generous when it comes to things like match play. Yeah, I, I would actually not for room comps. Yeah, so I would actually say like you'd be shocked at how much match play you'll get at Borgata. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if that's changing significantly with MGM. No, I but, actually don't get match play anymore. So, so do you? Bad sign. I haven't gotten yeah. it in a while, but I've also my play there has just gone to I nothing. I haven't played there in a long time either. Um, yeah. But 
yeah, you're not going to get the rooms at Borgata at all. It's a low roller. Like you are not probably not going to get very many comps. And I, one thing to mention actually is there's a big difference between a low roller slot player and a low roller table player in that. Right. The all casinos, the comps are really with the, with the, with the slot players. Right. Sure. The casino is going to treat you much, much better. If your gambling budget is 200 bucks a day, you're going to get much better offers spending that 200 bucks on slot play than on table play uh, in that the whole percentage is higher. The average daily theoretical is going to be higher. Right. For, for you, the money's probably going to last longer that way. And there's just no overhead really for the casino um, or very minimal overhead for you to play a slot, uh, to be a slot player because they don't have to pay the dealer. Uh, but, you know, if you don't have fun playing slots or your capacity for slots is very limited, it's not worth it to switch from table game play to slot play just for some comps. Mm-hmm. Um, or even to up your denomination, really. And that's something I've thought about. Like, oh, maybe I should just play some quarter slots. And it's like, I don't like slots that enough to like increase my risk factor on slots that much. But uh, Tropicana is an interesting one. Uh, yeah, I get great room comps there. Um, I don't get very good like match play or slot dollars and the drink service is awful. So yeah. So they just want a room. Like my experience has been trap is very generous with rooms. They yeah. have like a zillion rooms now that they have the Chelsea too. So. <laughs> right. So both our group and the everything AC casinos, Facebook group. Um, I've seen multiple times people say, yeah, trap is very, very generous to low rollers. I think that's mostly in terms of room comps. I don't know that I get that. I've ever gotten any kind of free play at trap, like just nothing from them. Mm-hmm. But like right now I'm getting Monday through Thursday rooms, which I have not played a chop very much at all to get that. Um, and it seems like if you are focusing your play there, you're probably going to be set for, for rooms for midweek. Um, and they're pretty generous if you're, you know, even a little bit above the low roller status that we talked about. So is it, do you have a recommendation? Like, where's your place that you would recommend for low rollers? Resorts, probably. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they cater, cater to locals, which generally means low ADT players. Um, it also means they're, you know, locals aren't taking up rooms, typically. <laughs> so uh, we've had pretty good luck. Like, I haven't played at resorts much lately, so my comps have kind of dried up, but it doesn't take much to get comps there off peak, even Saturday, like Friday night comps. You don't have to play too much to get that extended to seven nights a week. So I would say resorts is probably the most generous. Yeah. The casino floor is fairly nice. Don't give you drinks. Unlike Tropicana. Yeah. And, and one last thing, the discretionary comps, I would have to agree that if you're a $25 player or less, you're not going to get too much in the way of like asking a pit boss, unless you're really adamant about it. If you're really yeah. like angling for it, you might get it. I, I think, my impression is that's kind of a thing in the past. So when I first started going to Atlantic City in 2005, we would, you know, we would ask, you were all 21 and probably a-holes, but we'd ask for a free buffet or whatever, and they'd still, like, pull out the sheet of paper and, like, write on it that you get a free buffet. Um, but it was very soon after we started going that they'd just be like, look at the amount of money you have on your card, and they're like, yeah, you can just go you have a free buffet on your <laughs> like card, pay it out but they will take your money time. out of your card to right. do it. Um, so I think as uh, now with cards, 
especially for kind of lower roller players, there's not really discretionary comps where a pit boss is going to give you something like that. I, I've never tried to get a room. It, it's probably something that like maybe he can do something with that. If you're a $25 player and you've been playing for a while and you're at a, a low roller casino, like a resorts or something, if you ask for a room, maybe he'll be able to do something, but I, I, I'm not even sure if they can really do that anymore. I think that was from a, more from a previous time. Yeah. And That's like, my impression anyway. And certainly around the recession, like 2008, nine, 10, I think it was much easier to get those kind of comps. Um, I mean, I think they will still sort of acquiesce if you're a really pushy asshole about it, but that's not really in my in my veins. Like, I'd just rather not deal with any of that. Like, I don't need a buffet that bad. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't see too much of that. And I think even for people who are higher rollers than us, like even mid-rollers, they still we still hear from people in emails that their host will tell them for food and beverage, like we're just going to clear out your rewards credits and then we'll see where we go from there. Right. Um, so even for them, it's not just like blanket, Hey, we'll comp you dinner at Morton's or whatever. It's still like, we're going to pay for it out of rewards credits. And you know, if you go above that, we'll talk about it from there. So it does seem like the discretionary comps have dried up quite a bit, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, is kind of a sign of improvement, but also a sign of just data's running everything. Yep. All right. You want to move on? Yeah. So, so we, yeah, go ahead. So, uh, at Epic Esquire on Twitter asked us for a Rebel 10 update. Will it ever open where the players list and their tier levels part of the sale for the second question? I, I don't know the answer. You may, I have to imagine the answer is yes though. Yes. Uh, I, it would be legitimately mind boggling if it wasn't. Yeah, I don't. I haven't heard anything confirming that, but it's one of those things that it would be totally unbelievable if that was not bought by Glenn Straub as part of it. Um, Straub is so hard to pin down on any specific. Like he loves to play ignorant, so I doubt even if he was asked straight up if he would give a straight answer. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, so this is actually this is Doug who's running the. Uh, or helping set up really the main person setting up the casino trip in Connecticut in April uh, at Epic Esquire, like you said on Twitter. So that's not a great answer as far as the players list. I expect yeah, I, if I'm sure the it answer opens, is yes, though. It, I, I hope so because yeah. I'm holding my ocean card right now for Rebel, and I know it will <laughs> <laughs> unlock all of the riches inside that property. You know, I'll get all the comps right as soon as it reopens again. As soon as. And sp- 10 opens under Glenn Straub. Right. right. And so will it ever open? Uh, probably not under Glenn Straub, but I think we're both optimistic he's going to sell at some point, hopefully soonish, and maybe we'll be open. Yeah, so we haven't heard anything. Next year or, but we you know, we have no idea. It depends on if, if a sale happens or not. Yeah, it seemed, I, I don't think it's going to open under Glenn Straub, though. I agree. I'm totally at a point where I just can't imagine it opening under Straub under any circumstances unless it's a non-casino and he's totally given up on selling it. In which case, that's probably the worst case scenario, other than demolishing it. But uh, the rumors as of maybe, I don't know, six weeks ago at this point was that it was a sale was close and we were weeks away from it being announced. Obviously, last episode, um, or at least last news episode or two news episodes ago at this point, we talked about 
the offer from a financial services company or whatever it is upping to 225 225 million dollars i don't think either of us thought that was that close but the update is basically there is a company that seems interested whether they ever get to glenn Straub's asking price or not i think is a big question the, the real update for you people in the future listening is that you know way more about it than we do, given that this episode is probably going to come out in like <laughs> month, three yeah. or four weeks. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you will point. probably be far better informed than we are, unfortunately, yeah. given that we are living in the past. Yeah, but uh, certainly I would say don't hold your hopes out that Straub is going to be the guy to open it. Right. Uh, which brings up the question that we also can't answer of, you know, Straub still seems interested in Atlantic City as a whole and still has talked about Bader Field. Like, what is his role in Atlantic City if he sells 10? That's that's probably a whole well, episode. Most people, uh, I, I think the general consensus is that it, once he sells 10, he's probably gone from Atlantic City forever. He's moved on. He's not staying in the city anymore like he used to be when he first bought it. He's living back in Florida again. Um, so... I think the impression is that he's moved on, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's certainly the sense I get. Mm-hmm. So Robert B. in the Facebook group asked if we had any update on Trump Plaza and Atlantic Club. Um, since we talk about Revel all the time, he said, are those things just sort of sitting dormant? Uh, the answer to that yes. is mostly yes. <laughs> yeah, so Trump Plaza we talked about, I don't know, it was probably 10 episodes ago at this yeah, point. Yeah, 10 or 15 episodes ago. Uh, Carl Icahn owns the Trump Plaza. They had looked into the prospects of demolishing it, and there were talks about what they could do with that space. Would it be, you know, extending the walk outlets all the way to the boardwalk, which could be cool, or what are some other options? Because it's you know kind of dead center in the boardwalk. And uh, unfortunately, there are heating and cooling for Boardwalk Hall that run through Trump Plaza, which means that it's very difficult to demolish Trump Plaza without causing serious issues. You have to basically redo the HVAC for Boardwalk Hall, which would be a many, many million of dollar project. Yeah, so it would, I think they said it would cost about $2.7 million to do that. Um, right now, the city is not in any position to do that. It's possible that CRDA could use funds to do that, but that's, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, I, and and just... In case you don't know, the news on Trump Plaza is for anything to happen there, it will have to be torn down. I think there are some pretty deep structural issues there, and it's not a property that can reopen as is. I think it's going to have to come down. Yeah, it seems like any reconstruction would be really expensive. There's some talk that maybe they demolish it but leave the parking garage, and that uh, for a little while there was talk that, oh, the parking garage could be useful for the playground as parking, and that's one of the problems that the playground has had but <laughs> nothing's come of that and that was like really buried in an article about something totally unrelated so i would take that with a pretty huge grain of salt on right. on the the playground potentially purchasing trump plaza just for the use of the the garage yeah. that's probably not going to happen <laughs> right and so um atlantic club has been sold twice to be turned into a water park and both times sold, the sales fallen through. through yeah yeah so it is sitting vacant right now for a waiting for a third person to buy it to try to turn it into a water park just to realize they don't have funding. Yeah, so it's owned by TJM Properties, who uh, I believe is the same company that bought the Claridge from Bally's, from Caesars Entertainment, um, and, and did the renovations on that. Uh, they basically bought it 
on the cheap from, I guess it would have been Caesars. Uh, so there's a deed restriction on it. Can't be a casino unless surely you pay off Caesars. But uh, no real word since the latest failed attempt to turn it into a water park. And obviously TJM is looking to flip it because they've now tried to do it a couple times. But um, we both love that property. And if yeah. we hear any update, we will update you. If one of us hits the lottery, the property we're most likely to buy, I think, has to be Atlantic Club. Yeah, so that's actually... Despite, despite our uh, logo being of Trump Plaza, I think Craig did a bad job and, and probably should have made it Atlantic Club. Yeah, we'll see what our answer is to a future question. Maybe the final yeah. question of the show. Uh, ever. Yeah, ever. So prepare yourself. Right. Uh, so Jim and Derek, who are... The proud owners of a YouTube channel, Jim and Derek. Uh, they do stand grambling tips. They are at Jim and Derek on Twitter. So asked, if you could change one thing about AC, what would it be? So what's your brilliant answer? How are you fixing well, AC? I think before we answer this, we should uh, also say that our friend Dave, who if you've met us, you may have also met Dave with us. Uh, asked if we could do one thing for AC regardless of cost that you think would help the city the most, what would it be? Which I think is the same question as Jim and Derek are asking. Yeah, I think it's very similar. Because I assume they're asking the question. I mean, it could be just be for our personal edification, but probably both of us will say something that will, in theory, help the city. Yeah, I agree. So what um, is it? Let's hear it. What's your grand plan? I think... I mean, this isn't something you can throw money at necessarily to make happen. No, though I think we're on the same page. You probably can. I think the the biggest thing that it needs is is the airport to be a oh. bit bigger and actually have flights coming in. No, we're not on the same page at all. Yeah. Interesting. What, what, so, what's yours? I would say the boardwalk needs to be less t-shirt shops and head shops and more like shit that actually people actually want to go to. Oh. So. Well, that's just going to happen naturally. I think if if more people show up, the you know, the rent of those properties are going to go up pretty dramatically and it's going to price out a lot of the people that are there now. And yeah, to me, it's, that's more of a symptom of the problem and not the problem. But as far as, so for my enjoyment, if I could Mm. change one thing, it would be like those shops would be better. But you love peanut world. I do. So peanut world can be the one shitty t-shirt shop. Everything else got to go. That's the plan. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, I think the thing that AC needs is is the thing that's holding it back as, you know, you can't be a convention town if you don't have an airport. You can't be a, a huge tourist town if you don't have an airport. You can't do a lot of things if you don't have an airport. And sure, they have Spirit Airlines flying into Atlantic City, but people aren't flying Spirit for a lot of reasons. You know, for one, they don't go to very many airports. For two, they're Spirit, so they have a ridiculous fee structure. Um. Actually, getting flights in Atlantic City Airport, I think, is the thing that would help the city the most. So, so my pushback on this mm-hmm. is, so you said you said mine is a symptom. Yep, I would maybe argue that the airport mine is a symptom is a symptom in that you get more airlines interested in flying to Atlantic City sure. if Atlantic City is a better tourist less, destination. Less less head shops and more nice retail. Yeah, it's just, it's just you know if it's a bigger destination if it is truly vegas of the east mm-hmm. you're gonna get 
more people like right. I need to fly to Vegas well, and demand is going to drive more carriers to fly I, to. I city. believe that, you know, of course you're not totally wrong. This is a circle and you can say that any one thing is either the cause of the issue or a symptom of it. But I just think that everything Atlantic city is trying to do from a tourism perspective, from a conference perspective, from a gambling perspective, it all just gets enhanced so much by actually being able to get people into town that are more than just driving there. Yeah. I mean, the conference thing I think is big. That is something that, Right, and it's not acceptable to be like fly to Philadelphia and then yep. take the train, or fly to Philadelphia and take a hour long Uber or whatever. That's true. That's a good point. So, uh, so the other question that Dave had, our friend Dave, was if you had a billion dollars to spend in Atlantic City, how would you spend it? I don't know if Dave knows how much money that is in Atlantic City money. It's a ton. That it's is a lot too- of money. Two, two hard rocks. Yes. Or like 12 rebels. Yeah. So I'm going to spend it. So, <laughs> so how are you going to spend it? Um, so what, what's my goal? Is it to get a return on my money? Is it to, you know, he didn't like specify. What, what am I aiming to do? He didn't specify. So you can, if you think your money's best spent by, you know, being a philanthropist and making Atlantic city amazing for, uh-huh. you know, the residents, like if you want to buy everybody in Atlantic City a fancy home and or like pay all their taxes or like give the money to the city so that the residents don't have to pay any taxes anymore, those are all options. Uh-huh. If you want to, you know, build yourself a castle, literally a sand castle that is on the beach and you can live in, that would also be an option. If I want to just go straight to the resort's high limit room and just put it all on black and hope that it becomes $2 billion. Hope that it's $2 billion. <laughs> I think that's about, I, I don't, I don't think resorts would, would honor that, but I don't, I don't think, think they're going to take your action. Yeah. I'll have to go to Las Vegas and go to Binion's. Yeah. Any bet. It'll take. <laughs> um, so what's your plan? Billion dollars? Are you rebuild it, rebuilding the million dollar pier with a little like marble house at the end uh, of I, it? I could. That's a better plan than anything I was thinking of. I mean, I, I just don't know. I, I don't know what a billion dollars is. So much money in Atlantic City. That's like way overkill. Get get you. It's, it's some not wild interesting because you it. could you could literally buy like every piece of property in the city for a billion dollars. You could play Monopoly in the Monopoly city. You could city. literally buy the city. <laughs> I mean, when you put it that way, that sounds pretty fun. <laughs> like, I'm just going to own the city now. All right. I'm now so, Nucky. Well, okay. What, what would you do, Craig? And then I'll ask a better question. Okay. Oh, a better question. There's no better question than this. So here's why. I'm going to buy the Trump Plaza. Okay. Okay, so what are you going to do with your other $995 million? Well, and this is why it's expensive. Because I'm tearing it down. I'm fixing okay. the HVAC issues. Sure. So what are you going to do with your other $980 million? And what I'm building dead center of the boardwalk is a completely accurate replica of the Willy Wonka Chocolate Factory <laughs> as an amusement park with nothing but Wonka slots. And also a chocolate store. And it's going to be an attraction like Disney World. 
And that's what I'm doing with my billion dollars. It's going to be the Disney World of Wonka chocolate in the Mid-Atlantic region. And it's just going to play that imagination song on loop until people kill themselves, like at Epcot Center. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I got. I still think you're going to have some money left over. Mm, but that is probably expensive. I'll buy a lot of chocolate. Yeah, okay. I'm not even a big chocolate fan. Yeah, I don't I'll take it to the resort. I'm not, a, I'm not a dessert person. I don't really like sweets. I love dessert, but chocolate's not really. That's not what I want to waste my calories on. Give me some ice cream. Yeah, I, ice cream I do like. I will say that. So a billion dollars is, of ice cream later. Yeah. Um, all right. So I think like, so what, what if it was $50 million, which I think is. Ooh, now we're all restricted. It's a better amount for this question. $50 million. Hmm. Uh, okay. You can basically do more or less whatever you want other than buying one of the casinos, but you can do anything else that you want. And you could even buy Trump Plaza or Atlantic Club. Yeah, so I'm buying Atlantic Club. Mm-hmm. And I'm what scru- are you going to do with it? I'm going to scrub the thing. I'm going to make it look as original as possible. And I don't know. I'm just going to revel in the fact that this thing is an awesome win property and I love it. And I'm going to make it. I'm going to open the Dizzy Dolphin, and it's just going to serve me drinks all night. Other people can come in if they want, but they don't really have to because I've been given a hypothetical $50 million. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I would go get a casino license. I don't know. Uh, you'd have to pay whoever Caesars to remove the deed restriction. And I think that's probably less than $50 million, but yeah. I'll find out. What do you out. think it is? What was it? Like $20 million? Did that they, they announce? it for? Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't think they announced a number for like what they wanted. If I had to guess, I would say twenty million would be my guess. Mm, I bet they'd give it up for more, for less than that. Maybe. Especially once they close Bally's and they're like leaving the market altogether. <laughs> Anyways, what's your so? What are you doing with fifty million bucks? I don't know. Just, I, I I don't even know. I just wanted to ask the question because I thought it was a better number. Are you taking the Dizzy Dolphin? basically excavating it bringing it to your house <laughs> and setting it up as an exact replica yes and i don't think my ceilings are high enough that was pretty pretty mm, tall ceilings go in your backyard it'll go in your backyard yeah it's true it's perfect um i think that's it question wise except uh, i mean I, I really do think that some some sort of renovations to the airport is actually the best thing to spend whatever amount of money in Atlantic city given my last answer yeah I, I don't have any desire to own a casino or anything like that. That is not what I want to do with my life. So, yeah, I mean, I think if I was really being honest about like what would be better for the city with fifty million dollars, I would probably open a really kick-ass brewery and tasting room. Um, and <laughs> what are you going to do with the other forty-nine million dollars? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and make it, and make it. Brewery and tasting room Disney World. Done. Unless you did it <laughs> at the Taj Plaza site after you bought it and tore it down and then made a really kick-ass brewery and tasting room. Yeah, I'll do those two things. Mm-hmm. And it'll extend the walk. How's that? Yeah. Are we getting closer? Good. Do I still have $20 million yeah. left over? No, I bet that's pretty expensive. Yeah, I think the teardown's going to be it's expensive. Probably, it's probably about right. Uh, so... Vegas fanboy on Twitter asked, why are you guys such punky millennials? I'll hang up and listen. I mean, 
it's not something you choose you're just born that way yeah uh, there's no answer to that just the way we are <laughs> it's, it's something that is decided at your birth yeah i mean we've been killing things left and right based on the news like i think millennials have basically killed every consumer product according to various alarmist news organizations so bar soap i think millennials have killed so probably gambling i think is the next one you're gonna see gambling millennials have killed gambling yeah that's true millennials killed craig's dream of a billion dollar willy wonka disney world (laughs) of the mid-atlantic unbelievable don't let them kill your dreams craig they've taken so much else from you even though you're one of them they really have like bar soap yeah my bar soap i need my caesar's scented bar soap which you know we talked about i think like 30 episodes ago that caesar's was changing their bar soap uh, that never happened, by the way. It's still the same bar soap. So that's an update. Don't ever accuse us of not following up on our previous episodes. <laughs> Rotary phones also killed by millennials. Yeah, I can't believe it. Probably should, if they were more patient, they would have thought it was acceptable to wait five minutes every time they had to dial zero. To be fair... If anybody would bring back rotary phones... That's true. It would be it, like a hipster. It would be hipster millennials. would be like, this is awesome. Yeah. We had a rotary phone when I was a kid. It's like, oh, you're still dialing Touchtone? It's gross. Yeah. My rotary phone is organically sourced and sustainable. <laughs> Served in a mason jar. All right. It's 1230, so it's time to end this. So 1130 was the over-under for finishing yeah. the episode. And but we I, actually started it at like 1130. So. Yeah. I think we nailed it. Anyway, thank you guys very much for listening. Uh, do you want to interact with us or any of the other fans of the show? Fans in quotes. Uh, you can go to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash do for a win. You can find our content at do for a win.com. Find our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, or YouTube, which has surely been fixed by the time this episode will be posted. Surely. Uh, <laughs> reach out to us on Twitter at do for a win. And by us, I mean Craig. And send questions to Craig at doforone at gmail.com. Thank you guys very much for, for listening. And we will talk to you soon. Mailbag. Bag of mail. Mailbag. <laughs> Is that the jingle? That's the the strong bed, yeah. Mm. I'm wearing boxing gloves right now. <laughs>